You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a Braves victory over the Angels on a night in which Atlanta was honoring the crime dog, Fred McGriff. Well, they went ahead and took a bite out of L.A. and even up this series with a 5-1 victory thanks to the long ball and some very good starting pitching from Spencer Strider. We're going to talk all about it here on this episode of the show. We'll recap the trade deadline for the Braves and we'll also get you set up for game three of the series as the Braves look to take two out of three from the Angels on this edition of the postcast. Before we get started, though, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. Hit that like button. Leave us a comment. We appreciate all of those. And make sure to subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jacob, nice all-around win for the Braves. They got the starting pitching they needed. The bullpen did its job, and the offense kind of came to life as the night went on and made you feel like maybe they were going to get back to their home run hitting ways sooner than later, I think. And tonight was a good example of that. Yeah, it took a little while for this offense to get going in this series, but they did. And as we know, when this offense gets going, they can do it in a hurry. And exactly what happened late in this game to kind of pull away, get Spencer Strider the win. Yeah, and Spencer Strider obviously needed a little bit of run support to go ahead and even up this series. But I thought he looked very good in this one. So let's talk a little bit about game number 105 for the Braves, who even up the series at a game apiece with the Angels. Atlanta now 68-37 and 37 on the year, 31 games over five hundred. Five runs, seven hits, no errors, and three men left aboard. The Angels dropped to 56-52, and 52, a run on six hits, no errors, and seven men left on base. It's kind of a role reversal of the first game where the Angels were hitting just enough home runs to grab a 4-1 victory. Well, the Braves returned the favor with this 5-1 uh, win behind Spencer Strider. He's now 12-3. and three. That's a career-high 12th win for Spencer, and we'll get into some more career highs in a moment. Patrick Sandoval takes the loss. He's 6-8. and eight. Game lasted two and a half hours, 41,000. And 777 paid to see it at Truist Park. Let's open up our night with Spencer Strider, who tossed six and two-thirds innings, Jake, of uh, one-run ball, five hits, no homers. Thought that was nice to see. A one-earned run, a couple of walks, nine strikeouts, through 110 pitches as well. He was looking to work his way through the seventh. Needed a little bit of help from Joe Jimenez. But overall, it was just a very good start from Spencer Strider. I felt like he found himself. I thought he got stronger as the night went on. Velocity was good. And, um, he was doing the Spencer Strider strikeout thing, which is always a good thing for the Atlanta Braves. It was 31 swings and misses on the night. You don't see too many games where a pitcher is getting 30-plus swings and misses, so truly special night. You looked at last night we talked about almost a 50% whiff rate for Charlie Morton <laughs> and then Spencer Strider, 48% whiff rate on this night. So, again, just missed getting his fifth straight double-digit performance in this one, finished the game with nine strikeouts. But it was another really good start from him, and it's just the starts have been – he's been so dominant in the starts lately, but it has been the home run ball. And you know, obvious statement of the first obvious statement of the podcast, if he doesn't give up home runs, he's really hard – to mm -hmm. score against and you see that because you got to string hits together against him or you got to hope that he's walking a couple of batters or that you get a bloop hit like the one run that he did give up it was a 65 mile per hour exit velocity bloop hit that led off that inning that eventually came around to score I mean that's what you typically have to do when you're facing Spencer Strider to try and score if you're not getting the long ball so yeah a great outing from him I mean the fastball the velocity was good even got up over 100 pitches he was still you know regularly pumping in 97 miles mm -hmm. per hour there average 97.2 on the night hit triple digits at one point on the evening as well so great stuff from Spencer Strider again 
he's had these dominant type performances here lately. It's just, it's been that one inning or an inning or a home run here or there. That's really cost him that seventh inning in particular. I thought it was really great that Snickers sent him back out there. Look, he still didn't get through it, but at some point he has to, and he's done it before. I mean, he did it last year. It's really just become a, a new thing for him, but you do wonder if it is starting to become a little bit of a mental hurdle for him. You could see him coming off the mound there, very frustrated with himself. So I was glad he at least got an opportunity to get through there. Unfortunately, hit the number nine batter there and had to get lifted. But this is the Spencer Strider the Braves need, the top of the rotation, dominant tie performance, yep. and exactly what they got. Yeah, that, that is exactly what they got on this night. I feel like had he not hit that batsman, and if you had a little bit more of a cushion, of course, the Braves, you didn't know they were going to score three runs in the bottom of the seventh. You kind of had to play it that way. If you're Brian Snitker, you had to try to protect the game at the place that it was at at that time. But I did like Spencer Strider getting a chance to get the seventh. I'm sure he's going to get through one one of those days. That's the kind of a not-so-bold prediction that one of these starts he's going to go seven or more innings. It has happened before. But it kind of hit on a couple of things for you. And, and to go back to that home run statement, I don't think we were used to seeing it so much because last year Spencer Strider gave up seven home runs in his 31 appearances. 20 of those, of course, starts in about 130 innings. That home run rate has doubled this year, and we've seen particularly late. It just seems like they, it has bitten him a time or three this year, and that just wasn't part of his 2022 playbook, save, of course, that start in the NLDS, which uh, obviously was not a full-strength Spencer Strider. But putting all of that aside, he did something this year in 2023 that he did a little bit faster than even he did last year when he set that record for fastest pitcher to 200 strikeouts. He got there in 131 innings last year. 123 and one-third innings this year to get to 200, fastest in MLB history, and he was able to strike out Shohei Otani to get that done, and then he set a new career high by punching out nine more guys. He's at 208, that leads Major League Baseball, and that is six more than he struck out in his rookie season a year ago in about the same number of innings. So Spencer Strider has managed to pile up more strikeouts, and I think as he continues to mature and evolve as a pitcher, utilizing that change up a little bit more. I believe that's what he got Otani with for that first strikeout. I think Spencer's just going to start to come into his own a little bit more and just continue to find ways to improve each and every time out, just incrementally maybe year over year, but a very good start for him on this night. As I mentioned, the bullpen was able to take care of business after that. Joe Jimenez got him out of the seventh inning jam, stranded a couple of runners, and then you had A.J. Minter and Rysel Iglesias with scoreless frames to close it out. That, I think, is the order we're going to see these guys in a lot down the stretch, and of course, if things go to plan in October with Jimenez, Minter, and Iglesias toward the end of the Braves' bullpen. Let's talk a little bit about the Braves' offense, though, in this one, which was powered in large part by Money Mike. Michael Harris is second, two home runs in this game, a back-to-back -back, uh, homers for the Braves in the seventh inning. Orlando Arcia with the two-run shot after Eddie Rosario pinch hit and let off that uh, inning with a single. The Braves scored three runs very quickly, and we knew the home run ball was typically going to show up more nights than not for this Atlanta club. Harris is now the ninth different Braves hitter in double digits in home runs. Jake, we talk about this lineup just about every single night. It does not have to be Ronald Acuna Jr. It doesn't have to be Matt Olson or Austin Riley that beats you with a long ball. Sometimes it's the number nine hitter, who I think is the best number nine hitter in all of baseball. And the reigning NL Rookie of the Year as well. And I was looking at Michael Harris' stat line. He came up to bat before he hit that first one. I was thinking nine home runs. This is a guy who should be – I know he had the slow start, but somebody that I think very easily is going to be a 2020 player for a lot of his career. And, again, I know he got off to the slow start here. So good to see him crank a couple out in this one. Hopefully that continues and we see him get close to, if not – 
approach that 2020 season this year because, again, with his talent, I, I think that's just going to be an annual thing for him once he gets going. So, yeah, not many people, and they talked about on the broadcast, he would not bat ninth for maybe any other team in all of baseball. I mean, he almost is, he's approaching 800 OPS now, again, after – pretty much two months being one of the worst OPS players in all of baseball. So again, he is really talented. We all know that he's going to be here for a while, made a great catch in center field the night before a Rob Otani of a home run. So we know what he can do defensively, but yeah, you get Orlando Arcia and Michael Harris bottom of the lineup, kind of cranking some home runs out, putting this game away. Yeah, things were looking good late as the Braves added on the insurance that they needed. Orlando Arcia, his 11th home run of the year as he hit the first of the back-to-back home runs and the seventh with Harris, who with two home runs now has 11 on the season as well. Austin Riley had a couple of more hits. He continues to maintain what has been a very good run for him of late, even if he stayed in the ballpark. It just seems like some different parts of Atlanta's lineup are really starting to click. And how about Matt Olson? He just missed a home run in the eighth inning, but got the Braves on the board with a sack fly. First player in Major League Baseball this year to 90 runs batted in. So it's not just one guy or two guys in this lineup that are the featured player, uh, you know, night after night. It can be anybody up and down the order on a night where Ronald Acuna Jr. is kind of quiet, not much going on for him. Well, it's other guys that can step up and help the Braves win a baseball game. We'll talk a little bit about game three of the series in a moment, but I didn't want to do that before we discuss the trade deadline. Braves made one deal prior to Tuesday's deadline to add on to what they've been doing the past few days, if not the past week, really, as they got Brad Hand, the lefty, the veteran. He's pitched for a bunch of teams, including now when he makes his Atlanta debut, every team in the National League East. So he's had quite a tour through the National League on the East Coast side. Uh, But he also, along with uh, Pierce Johnson, who came over from Colorado a week ago, And Nicky Lopez, the infielder, picked up from the Royals. That more or less is going to round out what the Braves were needing to do to kind of add a little bit of, I guess, reinforcements, particularly for the bullpen. A little versatility on the bench, but I don't think it's any secret. And Max Fried threw a bullpen. Looks very good. I watched it myself today. We anticipate he'll be back on Friday. Kyle Wright was also throwing. He's going to be back about a month from now. But you start to think about getting those three guys in. A.J. Mentor off the injured list. Dylan Lee is going to start a rehab assignment very soon. Jesse Chavez should as well, not too far along after Dylan Lee gets out there. And then you get Max Fried back in along with these trades. So long story short, Jake, the Braves are starting to get healthy and get some reinforcements at a time in which the best team in baseball could just be that much better down the stretch if things go according to plan. Yeah, not too many significant moves at the trade deadline. You get some depth, like I said, in the bullpen and on the bench as well. But again, you know, trying to avoid the old chip carry bit. And, you know, they're going to make some good trade deadline additions here pretty soon when they get some guys back from injury. You mentioned Mentor, but Max Reed coming back this weekend. Good update there for Dylan Lee. Looks like he's getting a lot closer to coming back. So, again, not too much this Braves team had to do. If everybody's healthy, I still think on paper, this team is more than capable. I know they're more than capable of winning a World Series and competing. So, you know, it's really just getting those guys back, getting them healthy and playing good baseball. Yeah, and these guys believe that most certainly in themselves. It was if Alex finds a way to make the club better, then great. And I think Alex Antopoulos looked for ways to at least incrementally improve. Getting a third lefty in that bullpen, of course, when you get Dylan Lee back in and having A.J. Minter in there, I think that's kind of the depth move that the Braves were really looking for because you remember not long ago, it felt like they were kind of operating without a lefty. They had Colby Allard hanging around. They had Taylor Hearn for a minute, but they really weren't at full strength in the way that they would like to be for matchup's sake, and not to mention the arm talent that you could have of A.J. Minter. And then Brad Hand has pitched very well for a, a number of years, was really good for the Phillies last year. I know the ERA is a little bit high, but looking at what he's done against lefties this year, 
could just kind of be that guy to do similar to what Joe Jimenez did tonight, come in with a couple of batters on and two outs and maybe get somebody out of an inning by getting a tough lefty hitter. So we'll see how he matches up and when he's able to join the club, which could be as soon as Wednesday, uh, the Braves will be excited to see him. And also, you know, Pierce Johnson, we've seen a little bit of Nicky Lopez also going to be hanging around for this club for the stretch drive. We'll talk about game number three of this series in just a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you about one of our great sponsors and tell you all about Game Time because they are the presenting sponsor of this edition of the Braves Postcast. Game Time is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, and you never have to dig through an email to find them. Snag those tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, create that account, redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As for what's going on a Wednesday, Braves and Angels wrap up this three-game set. It'll be Yanni Chirino's second start for the Braves. He's 4-4 four and four overall on the year, most of that with Tampa Bay. 434 ERA, Lucas Giolito, one of the new additions for the Angels. He's 6-7, and seven, uh, came over from the White Sox in a trade, 385 ERA. Should be an interesting matchup to see Giolito, who, of course, was a high school teammate of Max Fried, so I'm sure they've had a chance to chat a little bit. Uh, but for the Braves, that's a little bit of a, I, I think, a tough assignment against a pretty good pitcher as this is the rubber match of the series. And the Angels need to win all the series that they can to try to keep themselves in that wild card hunt in the American League. Gonna be a tough one for the Braves, obviously going up against Giolito, and I don't know what we're gonna get out of Torinos if you can go, you know, a little bit deeper into the game, maybe get you through five innings this time. Really curious to see the usage of that splitter. I mentioned last time, really good pitch for him, really all season long, and a pitch that he's really started to feature a lot more over the past month or two. So, really want to see how that you know development goes and see if there's something there with him. Like I said last time, maybe he turns into a long reliever, has a role there. But mm-hmm. either way, hopefully he can go out and give the Braves a good outing. Thankfully, Morton and Strider gave you good innings in the first two games so the bullpen should be pretty fresh yeah it should be in a pretty good place gassed up and ready to go i don't think we'll see aj mentor in the finale but uh, just about everybody else should be available for the braves as they go into game three against the angels that's going to be wednesday afternoon at truest park again it's yanni chirinos and lucas giolito who will be squaring off in the rubber match 12 20 p.m eastern time is the first pitch as the braves and angels look to wrap things up in this series and the braves will enjoy an off day and then they're going to be off to face a very tough cubs team but we'll get to that when the time arrives. Once again, we appreciate you joining us here on the Braves Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and make sure you click the bell to get notified every time we drop a new episode. Leave us a like, a comment if you love the show or just enjoyed the show or just maybe want to check us out again. Make sure that you are subscribed and you tell a friend so that you can enjoy it with a group of people. Also, leave us those comments. We appreciate it and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. Once again, the Braves 5-1 winners over the Angels on Tuesday. We'll be back at it to wrap up the series. And until then, so long. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 